Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Star Podcast, a podcast from two guys that always are moving and sometimes watch movies. How you doing today, Wolf? Uh, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm home right now, but I did indeed move. <laughs> you, um, you moved, and then I'm getting ready to move. Where it's, it's everybody's moving. <laughs> it's the it's that time of the year. It's June, moving time. Exactly. Feel like it's not not too bad of a time to move to. I'll take the I'll take any change during this quarantine. True. It's always good <laughs> to get out, see people in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's different from the last couple of months. <laughs> uh, basketball's back though. That's true. That's true. I'm sure you yeah. and I will be uh, like talking about that <laughs> outside of this. We, neither of our teams were invited back, but uh, we'll bounce back. We'll find a new team. I'm going to be a Pelicans fan for our boy Zion. I was going to say, <laughs> we'll just be talking about Zion the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the NBA is better for not having either of our teams back in oh. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Cavaliers are uh, – they probably could use the time off. Yeah, I, I can't take another game of Zach Levine scoring 35 points and the Bulls losing by 10. That is literally every time I play the Bulls, he puts up 50 and they lose by 15. <laughs> it's every game <laughs> in real life, too. It's every game in real life. <laughs> but I, they, I, I had to like deal with like a six-game series against them because they have Hassan Whiteside in my game. And that dude is a, uh, he's a lot better as a uh, 2K player than he is as a real player. He is. It's ridiculous. I hate that in the game. <laughs> well, should we get to our show here? Let's do it. So today we're going to be going through the 2001 Oscars for the year 2000 in movies. Um, we'll be breaking down our ranking of the Best Picture nominees. Um, but first, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, since there's been like the protests and everything this week, um, I thought it would be uh, smart for us to sort of talk about some films by black filmmakers or featuring, um, you know, stories of, about um, black characters. I thought maybe it would be a good way to start this uh, podcast off. So were there any films you wanted to highlight? Any you wanted to talk about? I just always think of like Black Klansman. I know that's like really recent and like, it shows how like few like movies I've seen, but uh, that's just like one of my. It's honestly like one of my favorite movies in general. I just think it's such a good portrait of maybe like something I'll never understand, but like it's like nice to be able to like learn and like maybe try to understand it better because that's just something that like I feel like I'll never fully grasp. Yeah, I think the the end of that movie is really powerful too when you're seeing like the the actual footage from. Charlottesville, um, and yeah, especially right now, it's uh, definitely something that I think is probably weighing on everybody's mind when they do watch that movie. That's a great choice, though. What about you? Um, obviously, it's easy to say, you know, like Spike Lee, like in the past week here, I've watched uh, Do the Right Thing um, and, you know, been thinking about a lot of his other movies. Um, and, you know, Obviously, that's a good choice. Um, any sort of like Barry Jenkins movie, if you want to watch Moonlight or um, 
if Beale Street Could Talk is on Hulu as well. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and now's the time to kind of go watch and, and just familiarize. Every, everybody should familiarize themselves um, because it's important to both show support now and going forward. And, um, you know, they're all, all these movies we've mentioned are all really good movies too. Um, did, uh, did you ever see the hate you give? It came out like in 2018, maybe it had like Amanda Stenberg, who is Rue in the hunger games. Did you ever I did see not. that? It's, uh, I did not. it's like a really powerful movie about just like, it's like this young girl that's like trying to go somewhere with her friend and they get like stopped by the police and you can probably guess what happens from yeah. there. And then like, I like her kind of taking a stand and like, her kind of like growing up in this environment that like doesn't allow her to like fully like be herself because she's not able to be because of like the color of her skin. So mm-hmm. it's just like a really powerful movie to, to like kind of get like an insight of what it's like to not have the privilege. Yeah. I think also um, I haven't seen this particular film, but I think blind spotting is also streaming mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I think that talks about a lot of similar similar issues and then i know uh warner brothers made um oh the michael b jordan lawyer movie from last year oh uh uh i was gonna say something else as a joke but i'm not gonna do that um 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 um, god i did not see it just mercy just mercy just mercy has (laughs) been made free. yeah i know that was a big (laughs) failure for both of us but just mercy has been made free for everybody too (laughs) by warner brothers so you know I haven't seen the movie. I know. I don't think you have either. I blame Warner Brothers for me not seeing that movie. Why do you release that movie in like the middle of January? Like, actually, have it come out in like December. Yeah, they really, I think, they, bungled the release of that yeah. movie. But it's a, it's available for free now, so I think now would probably be the time to go back and and watch that too, if if anybody's interested. But. I think we've given a, a pretty good list of stuff to kind of go back and take a look at. Also, uh, Fruitvale Station. That's a really, 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 really good movie with Michael B. Jordan. That's my first encounter with Michael B. Jordan. I watched the movie in my car, literally while driving. That was really bad. I like, <laughs> I was like, I was like watching it at home, and then I had to go go to work, and then I was like, I just want to watch this movie. So I literally like propped my like iPhone up like where like my clock was, and I was like like watching it while I was driving. <laughs> oh my god that's a great movie <laughs> that is great and then of course it it started the like collaboration between ryan coogler and and michael b jordan and then we got you know the the first creed movie and we got black panther from that too which are both both good movies as well he rocked he rocked in black panther i want to yeah. watch that movie i feel like i have like that movie is a really like special place in my head of being like a movie i kind of like sat there i was just like bumping to the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> the the uh kendrick lamar's like soundtrack was so good. Yeah. In fact, I, I almost wish they used it more. Like I, I, I think it even, I think it even got nominated for a Grammy, that album. Yeah. So they it deserves it. Good work there. Yeah. Some good work there for sure. Um, okay. Now that we've sort of opened our discussion with that, should we dive into the Oscars, which perennially does not give these people a voice? Um, you know, it may not give them a voice, but at least 2001 did not give any Oscars to Crash. True, true. <laughs> I'll discuss Crash when we're talking about traffic. That'd be the wrong movie to, to watch, I think. Yes, 
Yes, don't watch Crash. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we have the same list. We do. We watched all five. We, we, didn't, we didn't coordinate this at all. And uh, we ended up having pretty much the same thoughts um, about these films in general, um, which I think will actually make this discussion fun. So uh, this will be a good one. We're going to go from five to one, uh, starting with our least favorite of these. Do you, uh, do you want to start? Sure. Do you want to give sure. me your thoughts on uh, Chocolate? Yes. So Chocolate, uh, which is a film that I knew almost nothing about going in. I remember it in my parents' VHS cabinet and that Johnny Depp was in it. And I knew nothing else. I, I remember telling you today when I was watching it that um, I thought it was a vignette movie and that, and that it really shocked me when it wasn't. And I think those are honestly the only interesting things I have to say about this movie because it's just really boring and I didn't enjoy it very much at all. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I think it would have been better if it was like funny. Like if there mm-hmm. was like, if maybe like Julia Binocchi's character was like, Maybe had like a like a like a like a funnier friend rather than uh, whoever the hell she hung out with the whole time. Uh, maybe there was like a if there was like a better connection with like her and her daughter. Like her daughter seemed to like hate her. Yeah. Oh my like, god. I I thought of Practical Magic when I saw this movie because Practical Magic is about like Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman are like witches that like live in this like town and they sell like candles and then they like get it. I don't know if they suck it. They sell something. And then like <laughs> everyone kind of bands together with them. So it's kind of like this where like it's like a fable. Like it's not a real story but it's like kind of they try to teach you like a message or something. But like everyone hated Julia Pinocchi and chocolate except for Judy Dench and her diabetes. Oh my god I know. And and like <laughs> so I think I think you make a good point there where like they definitely should have played up some sort of like comedy or like mysticism or something to like make this a little bit more interesting because like she just goes into town and like way too many people place way too much importance on just like chocolate. <laughs> this, this woman's leaving her husband because of chocolate. Uh, the, the, the mayor is trying to kick people out of the town and <laughs> because of chocolate. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like I guess this chocolate was meant to be, like, any difference in beliefs. And it's like, what? Like, she's just making people chocolate. Like, Yeah, like, if, if Johnny Depp decides to, like, stay in town and open up a deli, are the people going to riot there, too? Or, you know, probably going to burn his up? deli. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so it sounded to me like like you didn't enjoy this that much either. <laughs> no, I like I tried. I gave it like like the first thirty minutes I was like, eh, maybe and then it kept going and I was like, Wow, this is really stupid. Yeah, it I I really I I I really tried to like talk myself into this going in, you know, as I was like, um I was like, oh, there's like a, a big name director attached to it, sort of. Um, and like, it has a fun cast. Maybe it'll be, you know, kind of a fun movie. And then it's just like, 
oh, the most boring two hours of literally any of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was, it was super boring. It was just like, it just kind of happened. And I can't imagine I'll ever have another conversation about this movie ever again with anybody. And yeah, that was that. Yeah, exactly. We just kind of, we sat through it. We did our thing with it. And, um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever be revisiting this. I do want to ask you one thing though. So, um, something that I think probably stood out just in the opening credits, um, is that Weinstein company logo that pops up. Um, and I guess since this was so boring, do you think that this had anything to do with like the Weinstein's trying to pull some strings and really campaigning hard to get it, these nominations, like that's the only, I mean, the Academy regularly gets things wrong, but like, that's, that's what I feel like had to have happened here. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they always, they've done that with so many movies. Like they, uh, like they single-handedly won King's speech and Oscar. Yeah. Like yeah. I guarantee they probably, I mean, it has some stars and the story on paper doesn't sound terrible. It's just like the execution of it is like, Oh my God. But like, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think, I think, uh, I think the Weinstein's probably pushed it over the edge. I was reading on Letterboxd, too, that, like, a lot of people were just saying, like, oh, you want to know what a Weinstein movie is like? This is it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's a good they... cast, though. God, like, Carrie Ann Moss was, like, freaking useless in this movie. But, like, man, like, she was really good in it. No, she wasn't. Yeah. Like, she, I, I liked her character. She just, like, was never there. Yeah, like... That whole storyline, like, it's just not, like, developed enough for it to, like, really matter, feel like it matters when you're watching. And then, yeah, like, like Judy Dench, uh, we'll, we'll talk about her in a second, but, like, my God, I, <laughs> I don't know what she was doing in this movie. And, like, Juliette Binoche, who's a good actor, uh, I, I just, she, this is such, like, a bland performance and a bland character. Yeah, it- there's really nothing else to say about this movie because it was bland and everyone was like kind of running on fumes in this movie. Everyone was just kind of there and they were just there for the paycheck and to hang out in France. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know much. where this movie took. Probably France. Did this yeah. movie take, I mean, it takes place in France, but like nobody spoke French. Maybe it's like the, the French s- section of the uh, studio lot or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different movies here that have like different languages yeah and then there's this this one set entirely in france and not a soul is is speaking french juliette binoche is the only person that is french in this movie (laughs) i've I've had about enough of chocolat but i want to so judy dench was nominated for best supporting actress Mm -hmm. wow yeah okay so you have listed here, the winner is Marcy Gay Harden for Pollock, a movie I've never seen, but shows up a lot, and I noticed, in these acting categories. And the other nominees are Kate Hudson, Almost Famous, Frances McDormand, Almost Famous, and Julie Walters, Billy Elliot. Do you have any experience with any of those performances? So I haven't seen Pollock, um, but I know it's, it's a biopic about 
the painter Jackson Pollock. So that sounds like a very conventional Oscars win to me. Um, but personally, I think the like the the two performances in this in this list of supporting actresses that stood out to me are obviously the two from Almost Famous yeah. because this is e- easily. <laughs> Easily, easily, I like Almost Famous way better than this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And um, uh, I think, so I think probably the win probably should have gone to Kate Hudson, um, even though I also really like Frances McDormand's performance too. And I wouldn't have been upset if she had had won. But um, yeah, either of those two over over Marsha Gay Harden for for Pollock. <laughs> I think why I like Kate Hudson's performance more is just because like I remember like I I saw the movie like years ago and I just like remember like more about what she was doing and like I like I can only like picture the movie with like her scenes in it. And I think that's why I think Kate I that's why I like I feel like if you were to like redo these Oscars twenty years later, you probably I mean I haven't heard anyone ever talk about Pollock. I feel like this is probably one of those like, man, we really should have given Kate Hudson this because like she still had like a good career. Yeah, like I think, I think the two things that that show that she probably should have won for this Kate Hudson um, is that a almost famous is has stood the test of time way better than any of these other other three movies, and and b the, like that movie doesn't work without her in it. No, um, and that that is is enough. For her, for her to win, I think. <laughs> Sign me up for Ammonite this year. Her and Sersha. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I'm ready. It'll be fun. Well, I think we've I think we've gotten all the Good. ganache we could get out of Chocolat. Uh, do you want to tell the folks what our number four movie is from this year? Our number four movie was the Steven Soderbergh movie Traffic. Um. I'll give you my thoughts on this one. We can go back and forth on our thoughts for these for these. Yeah, movies. that sounds great. So I, uh, I feel like Traffic is like the most Soderbergh movie that Soderbergh's ever made. Like he's having fun with his colors. Like you're jumping from like plot to plot. Like you were kind of all over the place in this movie, and I definitely liked it because I definitely was like intrigued the whole time, and I was like super curious how all three of the main plot, li- all all three of the of the plot lines. We're going to end like he kind of had me on my edge of the seat at the end being like okay where are we going with this like what's going on like who's here like how's this gonna end but uh i feel like i got really annoyed with like how quickly we were jumping from like plot line to plot line like i really would have liked maybe more than like five minutes we would get with like michael douglas at a time like i wouldn't mind like some like fleshed out like scenes a little more but like overall i, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was like a, I thought it was a good movie, and I was reading some of the reviews where they were kind of comparing it to Crash, and I think for me, I don't have any like experience with drugs, so I don't know if this is like a good or bad take on like the world of drugs and the world of like drug trafficking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like this movie too. I think it's like really, really well made, like really well put together by Soderbergh. Um, yeah, I think the weakest part of, of the movie is probably like the script itself and sort of like jumping around. And I feel like it's, yeah, I I don't have 
I don't have any experience with like, um, you know, like dealing with like the issues of like drug trafficking at the border, but like, it seems a little like naive to me 20 years down the line. And um, I feel like that's the thing that hurts it the most going, going back and looking back on it, but there's like good performances in it. Like Michael Douglas is good. And Benicio del Toro, I really like, and there's like a huge star studded cast. And I do think that them being separate so much is like, makes the movie itself a little bit less enjoyable to watch because you want to see them all interacting with each other. I, uh, I didn't really like the different like colors that he was using because maybe I just got the point of the movie wrong, which is like, that's, that's happened before where like, I kind of thought the idea of the movie was to show how like the three like distinct worlds that Soderbergh had were all combined into one to show how they like all meshed together. I didn't like how every time we were with Benicio Del Toro, it was like yellow. And then every time we were with Michael Douglas, it was like this light blue. And I was like, I thought the whole point of this movie was to be like, okay, although they're different, like Topher Grace is using drugs that Benicio Del Toro like probably has a pretty good idea of where they came from. Yeah. I, so I, I have, I have two things that, that in response to that. So I liked I liked the idea of the use of the colors because like I think you know the the like so I think the way they like differentiated it is like the stuff on like in like Tijuana is sort of like that orangey reddish tint and then the stuff in San Diego is pretty much like normal looking mm-hmm. and everything in like Washington DC and Ohio is really like blue and so and maybe I'm totally misinterpreting this and I'm just going to sound like an idiot, but um, the way like I sort of uh, thought of it is like the Mexican side of stuff is, is like red because that's where a lot of people see like a lot of the violence and, and, and the crime on that end. And you're seeing a lot of like um, a, a lot of violent like response to that. And then San Diego is kind of like the mesh point between the two. And then, you know, the rest of the country, it's like where everybody is getting high and that you have that sort of like blue color that kind of like, I don't know, feels like a little hazy and a little weird, but I don't. And, and once again, maybe this is me just like looking at it bass backwards to try and like vouch for Soderbergh. But I think that's an interesting idea. And I feel like a lot of other filmmakers wouldn't have the balls to do that, but it just looks kind of ugly in this movie yeah and like i i do agree like with like your interpretation of the three like color palettes but like that sort of speaks to like how this movie might be seen as naive to Mm -hmm. only be like well then only the violence is happening in mexico and like yeah they're like and san diego's like whatever like it's just both sides and then like but that's like saying that like nothing really bad happens in the u.s with drugs besides like the usage of them because I, I agree with that. I think that is meant to be the interpretation of it. And I think 20 years down the road, like that's just not like that can't possibly, it can't be that black and white. <laughs> yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Like it, it works with like the themes of the story, but then like at 20 years being 20 years less naive about this, uh, that those themes just don't really make that much sense. And they, I don't think that that like equates as much to our world nowadays. Like we know it's happening everywhere um, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. 
And yeah, so like, I think that's the thing that ages this movie the worst is just like, you know, sitting there being like, I don't think that this is uh, the most, the most like eloquent <laughs> uh, portrait on like the war on drugs. And maybe not even the most eloquent like of this year. <laughs> which of uh, which of the three storylines were you like the most like intrigued about? Like which one were you like actually like watching instead of maybe like checking your phone during one of them? Like was there one over the other that you were you were into? I think it was Benicio. I think Benicio del Toro's um, just because I I really like him as an actor. I think he's a really great performer. Um, I feel like his character in this is somewhat of like the uh, the early version of his character in, in Sicario before he just becomes like a uh, heartless killing machine <laughs> in that movie. But like, um, yeah, I think he's just giving a really great performance. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But um, I definitely found that a lot more compelling than like the daughter's storyline. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was the <laughs> yeah I, I didn't care about that girl <laughs> um uh, for me i think i think the one i was watching the closest was also del toro's probably because there were subtitles and i had to watch it closer <laughs> but i think the part from i think i was i was really intrigued by like what was going on with like don Cheadle and don, don Cheadle and Catherine zeta jones and like that's probably why i was like upset after the movie because that was like the least fleshed out one even though mm-hmm. like that was the one like Cheeto and I can't think of his partner's name but they were like hilarious together and it like that was just like a fun one it was like a little break from Topher Grace like throwing someone's body at the at the foot of a hospital and Benicio Del Toro like beating people up yeah like I think I think a lot of the stuff that is said in like the daughters in, in the daughter's storyline you would learn from the Michael Douglas stuff anyway and I agree, like, I thought, I thought Don Cheadle and Luis Guzman were really great together. So I would have loved to see more with them. And I think they're both doing really good in this movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's funny. My first uh, interaction with uh, Soderbergh and Don Cheadle was, like, Ocean's Eleven, where he's, like, admittedly not good. So it's yeah. nice to see that, like, Soderbergh, like, actually did know how to use Don Cheadle in movies. Yeah. And, and like, so different than his character in Out of Sight. Like, I feel like Soderbergh just does such a great job of, you know, you, you get the bad Don Cheadle performance in Ocean's Eleven, but you do get, like, different shades of what Don Cheadle is um, I agree. In, those, in those three Soderbergh movies. And, like, I wish he would just do more interesting stuff like this. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I, he's a little bit of an Avenger at this point. Yeah, he's just, he's just Rhodes. <laughs> Rhodes. Uh, do you want to talk about Best Supporting Actor real quick? Yeah. So the winner for Best Supporting Actor this year was, was Benicio Del Toro. Um, and then the other nominees were Jeff Bridges for The Contender, Willem Dafoe for Shadow of the Vampire, Albert Finney for Aaron Brockovich, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, and then Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator, which I know we'll talk about later too. Um, I feel pretty good about Benicio winning. However, uh, so I haven't seen The Contender, so I don't know about Jeff Bridges in that movie. But I will say that these other three performances are really fun, too. And I'm, I'm glad all, all three of these other guys got nominated. What is, uh, what is Shadow of the Vampire? 
So it's a fictionalized version of the story of the making of uh, the vampire movie Nosferatu. Oh. And Willem Dafoe plays the guy that, that plays Nosferatu. And um, he basically plays it like the guy is delusional and he thinks he is a vampire. And so the, he has a lot of fun like playing off of that in the movie. Uh, the movie itself is like a little bit tonally inconsistent. And I don't always like where it goes, but Willem Dafoe is great in that whole movie. <laughs> For me... I like I think Benicio like absolutely like deserves the Oscar, but like I don't know if Gladiator works without Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus. Like yeah. that like that's like I don't know if that's my favorite performance by him because I love the movie Her and it's that's a lot of the reason why it's because of him. But like Joaquin Phoenix is like really, really good in this. And I think it uh I think it kind of makes up for the Joker Oscar for me because now instead of making it seem like it's an Oscar for Joker it's a makeup Oscar for Gladiator. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But no, I'm okay with uh, I'm okay with Benicio. Albert Finney was awesome too, but I feel like he's uh, a little overmatched by Benicio and Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Albert Finney's performance is like just a little bit less like capital I important. Um, so like I think that probably is why the Oscars like went with Benicio. But yeah, like Albert Finney and Joaquin Phoenix are both like you need those guys being that good mm-hmm. in order to, for those movies to work. So like, uh, I, I'm honestly good job by them for, for nominating those three guys that we'll talk about today. And then Willem Dafoe was great too. So um, I feel like there's other ways they could have possibly gone with best supporting actor though. I mean, uh, uh, like Requiem for a Dream. I feel like there's maybe Jared Leto in there, but that's, we'll come back to that. Oh man! Yeah, there's some good movies that came out this year. Yeah, this was a good good year in movies. I'm <laughs> glad we started here. <laughs> um, okay, on on to on to our top three, big three, the big three, big three, big three, and we're starting with um, one that I didn't realize I was going to like so much. Um, it is the film from Taiwan, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, directed by Ang Lee. Um, so I think you and I probably we were probably the most skeptical on Chocolat going in, into watching these, and I think probably the one that we knew the second least about was this movie. Um, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I I for a long time this was battling for number two uh, for me, and it just I mean it, it's like a razor's edge for me between those two movies, um, but it's really great. The action is really fun. Um, the wire work is like looks super complicated and super tough to do. Um, and I, I like how the whole movie kind of feels like it's like a fairy tale or something like that. It's not something I thought I was going to be saying, but I, I really do like that aspect of this movie and everybody's really good in it. Um, and wow, just good job by the Academy for <laughs> actually nominating this one. This was a good choice. <laughs> I think what made me like this movie a lot is like, I watched it like, Sunday morning and I wasn't always like like looking at the screen when I was watching it like I was like watching it but I'd like look away like check my phone and like even though it was in a different language I still like absolutely knew what was going on like it wasn't necessarily a movie that even though I don't like speak the language I wasn't like 
who, like what, like I was able to be like, okay, like I, I like I know what's happening. Like they're telling like a really good, like thought out story here. Um, the like the hand to hand combat was like it was I I it looked real. Like it looked like it was a hundred. Like every like every time someone would kick, like there'd be like dust that'd be flying off of them, and like all the swordsmanship like looked right on and. It's, it was like a like it was like a skillful like athletic movie. Yeah, that was like that was super impressive. Like, and I, I was hoping, I was hoping it was going to have all that stuff in it, and I'm I'm glad it had so much of it. But I also was really surprised at like how in into the the like mystery of like finding the sword or trying to the, just like them trying to like chase down uh, and retrieve the sword. I didn't think I was going to be so into that. I thought I was going to be like waiting for each fight scene, but like it kind of almost made me feel like it was like a noir film in a, in a way, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if you felt the same way, but I was like, okay, it's, it's not like aesthetically like that, but the story kind of felt like that. So I, I really dug that aspect too. Yeah. I really enjoyed just like the idea of like, I mean, I like the idea of like how poison kind of worked in this movie about how, like, he eventually, like, died of poison, and then there was, uh, just, like, the idea that, like, I can't remember the young girl's name, but just how she, like, would, would become poison with all these ideals, and it, it was just, like, there was a lot going on in, like, a two-hour movie, but, like, everything kind of felt like it belonged in there. I really liked the part where they just, it was maybe ten minutes, I can't even think of how long it was, when she runs off with Lo. Like, that was a really, really good part of the movie for me and how, like, like how she, like, chased after him and then they, like, lived together for a little bit. It was just, like, it was, like, a nice, like, deviation from the main plot that I thought actually really, like, made the movie better. Yeah, I was, when that started to happen, when when we first, like, the first, like, minute where we were going down that avenue, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, is this, like, where the wheels fall off in the movie? Is this going to, like, ruin the momentum? Um, because it is just like, I feel like it's something that could easily be cut out. Um, but I'm so glad that they kept it in. Yeah. Cause that's like some of my favorite 10 minutes of the movie. Um, and it, and it adds so much perspective to the rest of the story that it, it, it makes everything else better from there. And, um, I feel like it also adds to that sort of like fantastical aspect of it too mm-hmm. like with like sort of legends they talk about and things like that did you like the ending i did like the ending it was uh it was sad but <laughs> it was good um it definitely leans into that like fantastical uh side of things but i think it thematically fit really well and it looked really really like visually stunning as well too and if she really believed she didn't die by falling so yeah. she's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine, man. <laughs> I was reading some trivia. Apparently Michelle Yao. I don't know if that's how you say her name. I apologize if I said that wrong. She, uh, she tore ACL like really, really early on in the movie. So like they would have to like fly her back and forth between like surgery, between like surgery to like come and like do her non like athletic parts. And then when she was healed, she came back and like performed her action sequences. Oh, okay. That makes, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I, I wonder if like, cause I noticed in some of like the action scenes when she was running, it kind of looked like she was still on the wires. I wonder if they did something like that to like 
make sure she didn't re-tear it. <laughs> I could believe that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could believe it. That was cool. The whole like high flying sequences. It looked like at first I was like, well, actually, le- legitimately, at first I was like, this is really cool. And then I was like, am I supposed to be like skeptical of this? And I was like, nah, they're probably actually flying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I think I thought I like interpreted it as like the story is almost like a legend or something like that. Yeah, if that makes sense. And then, yeah, like I love the way too that this film like you just immediately get thrown into it. Like the first scene, it's just like, there's a sword. It's like her boyfriend's sword and it's really valuable and he's given it away. And then it just immediately gets stolen. And like, as soon as, as soon as, um, as soon as there's that first scene where the sword gets, gets taken, I was like, Oh shit, I'm in. <laughs> All right, yeah. here we go. <laughs> it was really great. I agree. Good. It was a good movie. I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got the chance to watch. I don't know if I would have watched this like for any other reason. Yeah. I mean, this is like a classic case of it was on Netflix for forever and I, I didn't watch it. Um, I, neither of us watched it. And, you know, of course, now that it was gone, we watched it and I'm, I'm sad that I didn't yeah. take that chance earlier. They have a uh, not very well received sequel on there, apparently. That's a Netflix original as well, I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm going to not seek that one out. I don't know if this movie needs a sequel. Yeah, I'm going to live with like the happy memory of this one. Yeah. And, and let that one be. Um, so I just want to highlight here, we've been talking about the awards. I think it's only fair that we have sort of an award tied to this one. So the big, big one uh, that this one it won was the uh, Best Foreign Language Film. Um, some of the other nominees were Amores Perros from Mexico, um, Divided We Fall from the Czech Republic, Everybody Famous from Belgium and the taste of others. I have not seen any of those other movies, but this is really great. And um, it was nominated for best picture. So I would have to think that it's probably a crowd favorite for a reason, but I know Maurice Perros is beloved as well in the film community. So maybe I'll seek that one out too. <laughs> would you have been upset if Michelle Yao got nominated for best supporting actress and Judy Dench maybe didn't? I would be very happy about that, honestly, because <laughs> Judy Dench is a cartoon character in that movie. I think there were actually, I think there were some like very like good performances in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But you know what? I'm happy it got some sort of like got any love that it definitely deserved. Yeah, exactly. Any sort of like win for it, I think, is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely would have liked to see some maybe like acting nominations for it yeah. for some of the performances in this film. Um, should we move on to our number two? All right. So our number two is not is is the best picture winner of two thousand one, Gladiator. Um, so our, my thoughts on it were this was somehow like the first time I'd ever seen Gladiator. I don't understand how I missed it for this long, but I uh, I really liked Gladiator. I think it's a movie of like set pieces where. Like, basically, you have, like, your opening fight, and you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then you dive, like, right into, like, Richard Harris, like, talking to everybody, and you're like, man, I can't wait to see what else he does in this movie. And then he dies, and then the movie kind of, for me, kind of goes, like, in a whole different way than I was, like, expecting. But, like, I love, like, I love every gladiator fight. I I love pretty much every time Maximus says anything. Um, I think this movie slows down 
at some points when they try to like dive into the whole like republic aspect, like the government aspect, and even some of the scenes with Joaquin and Connie Nielsen were a little like, ah, this is a little slow. But like, I think it's a really good movie, and I, I like I understand why people like have seen it a million times. Like it's really quotable, and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm like I really like Gladiator. I'm really happy I got the chance to finally watch it. Yeah, I think that this is a. Um, I can definitely like a hundred percent understand why it won Best Picture, even though. Um, you know, we're not giving it best picture in our own list <laughs> because like just the things that it decides to do, it does, it does really, really well. Um, and like, like you said, like the action, all the action is just really, really spot on, really top notch. Um, this one, I think like vi- best visual effects. So everything like looks really good for the year 2000. Um, yeah. Maximus is great. It's just a, maybe a little bit too long to me. But yeah. <laughs> all the things that hit right, or the, all the things that you need to be great for, the, for you to think that this is a great movie absolutely happen that way. Um, so, like, it's, it's really hard to hate on this movie. Even though I do think, like, uh, I know that this, like, movie has, like, a reputation of being, like, athletes, one of the athletes collectively, like, favorite films. And, like, I know, like, people that aren't, as in the movies overall are, are normally like, well, this is my favorite movie of all time. And it's like, Hey, maybe familiarize yourself with some more movies. This is a great movie, but keep going. You know, I, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. I mean, it's good. And there was like, even like point, like there was like a point probably with like 30 minutes left where I was like, I mean, I like this, but like, man, I don't know. Like this movie has like come to a screeching halt. Um, what's even like what makes me laugh is Letterboxd was telling me this was 171 minutes and I was like good god and then I went to like Redbox where I ultimately rented it and it was only like two and a half hours and I was like wait a minute there's a <laughs> there's an extended version of this movie like Ridley Scott really I love Ridley Scott and I love all of his movies but I always feel like with him he kind of like forgets about, like, the dialogue and, like, some of the other, like, little nuances of the movie when he's just more concerned with, like, world creation, which is fine because like, I love, like, all the worlds that were created. But I think this movie probably could have lost probably 15 minutes, but, like, if the, al- if the alternative is two hours and 51 minutes, I'm going to live with 100, 100, 155 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, how, how can you... How can you add like another twenty minutes on this movie when one of the main guys dies in like in real life? Like Oliver Reed died. <laughs> like you can't. Where's the extra like stuff with him? I was reading. Well, yeah, I think that's. Oh, I get what you're saying. What did they actually shoot for the last sixteen minutes? I, it's probably more of like Commodus, like creeping on Lucilla. Um, maybe like maybe another gladiator scene. Maybe another training montage. Um, a lot of they could have done a lot of good things. Maybe more wheat. Chris Ryan would have liked more wheat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Throw it. You know what? I need more. I need uh, the three different uh, shades of color correction from Traffic, but I need the wheat shot like that. You know, I need the burning orange of the wheat, and then I need a cool like 
uh, nightclub and a Michael Bay movie blue of the wheat, and then I need just a nice normal looking one in the middle. When you said nightclub, I thought of the scene in Heat where Pacino goes to the nightclub and just like yells at like the drug dealer guy. <laughs> Give me all you got. <laughs> we should do that uh, movie. I don't know why we would do that movie if we've both seen it, but we should just do it. You know, um, any excuse to watch that movie again <laughs> is a good excuse. Um, so this is this is a uh, so they this is not an original question but I heard this question on like on the rewatchables podcast, the gladiator. Is there anyone else you could ever see play Maximus ever in any sort of like time period? Hmm. Okay. So he's, he's the Spaniard, right? The Spaniard. <laughs> so maybe we could get like a, like a Latino or Hispanic actor to do it. Um, like, like uh, this year, one of the nominees for, for best actor was Javier Bardem. Yeah. I don't know if he's maybe action-y enough. Um, Benicio, Benicio Del Toro. I think he might be a good option. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say like... I got it. I got it. What if we like maybe kind of changed the whole plot of the movie and we made Daniel Kaluuya the (laughs) Maximus? Wouldn't really work with like a lot of like, you know historical accuracy but like i feel like he kind of he, he could act i feel like he would actually like i feel like i could like literally see him out there like i just think of his character in a widows where he was just like like the heavy that'd be kind of cool i like him i need to watch more of his movies but he doesn't have a lot of movies to watch yet he's great though like and he has that sort of like heaviness that sort of like darkness that russell crowe has as maximus in here that i think would be tough for a lot of other actors to portray. Yeah. You know, like, um, because Maximus, he's always towing this line of like doing, doing these things in the, in the Coliseum and like wanting to like sort of have that, like he has that like bloodthirstiness for revenge, but it's also like, there's kind of a, like a reluctantness or a reluctance and like a sorrow to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, got to be tough to portray but i think i think daniel kaluuya could do that if he wanted to yeah i was thinking maybe tom hardy but i feel like i would just think of him as bane just like gladiator bane and that would have been a little that would have been a little jarring right (laughs) (laughs) do you have any more thoughts on gladiator i feel like it's just like it i feel like out of all these movies it like speaks for itself the most because this is like by far the most popular movie from the five best best picture nominees yeah, it's hard to like add anything really new to this. If if you're listening to this, you probably have seen it. Yeah, um, and it's a good movie, and uh, I don't think it's overrated. Um, but no. if this is like, if this is like your all time favorite movie, maybe keep watching. Maybe watch some. Movie. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I I don't know if my favorite movie could be something that just like has like, I don't like I don't like movies that have like such tremendous peaks, but also have such like oh my gosh, can we move this story along? Like valleys, yeah. Like you and I are both like sticklers of just being like get to the get to the point already with this uh-huh. movie, and um, like it this this uh, does not always do that, and I that's mean, the most frustrating part. Does Ridley Scott ever like have good pacing in his movies? Like Alien, I remember watching the movie being like, wait a minute, this movie's taking an eternity. 
to like get to its point. And even Blade Runner is a little slow, but Blade Runner is so good, I don't even care. But yeah, like I was gonna say, like Blade Runner, if you take out a lot of that like airiness, it it doesn't work as well. Right. But yeah, I agree. Like that's slow, and like that's when it's like working for him. Uh, and like when it's not, you're like, oh my lord. <laughs> And then you got his brother, where Tony Scott just, like, makes bangers of movies. Yeah, it's, like, the exact opposite. It's kind of funny. Um, quickly here, we'll just talk about... Uh, so this, this won five Oscars, best VFX, um, best uh, picture. And then another notable one is that Russell Crowe won best actor. Um, and the other nominees were Javier Bardem for Before Night Falls, Tom Hanks for Castaway, Ed Harris for Pollock um, and Jeffrey Rush for Quills. I have not seen any of those movies other than Castaway. <laughs> I haven't seen not, any of them. <laughs> I'm not that big of a Castaway guy either. So I'm going to say that uh, let's just stick with Russell for best actor. He, uh, he kind of found the perfect role for himself. And, uh, you know, he, he earned it, I think. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm cool with like just living with this. Uh, giving this to him because uh, he's great and it wouldn't work without him. So good job, Russell. <laughs> also, he got divorced and he needed money and he auctioned off like the jock strap that he wore in this movie. So just all time hilarious move by Russell Crowe. What a guy. He, was, <laughs> he needed money that bad? Jeez, I guess so. I guess so. God dang. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Well, with that in mind, do you want to tell everybody what we uh, would have given Best Picture? Our Best Picture winner would have been Aaron Brockovich. Good for good for Aaron. Good for good for Julia Roberts. Do you want to give your thoughts on this film, or do we? Yeah, go ahead. So this is easily the the movie that I've seen the most out of this batch of five movies um, because uh, I'm not I'm not joking here at all my mom is like a massive julia roberts stan so it's like this and my best friend's wedding and like i oceans 11 were like on repeat in our house and um you know what this is just a freaking phenomenal movie and uh i've been watching better call saul a lot lately and i feel like this is just like the the show bible for that for Mm. that tv show because like it's it's talking about like big ideas but it's having fun and all the characters are are really smart even if they're not like studied or you know like like even if they haven't gone to college or something like that um and like it's really fun just watching aaron build this case by just like being a good person and then seeing her like fight with Albert Finney, who's just having way more fun here than he was in traffic for like the one scene where he was in it. Um, and then Aaron that. Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart as the biker, uh, like boyfriend of Aaron is, is amazing. <laughs> amazing stuff. I feel like Soderbergh like tapped into the idea of like the like deadbeat girlfriend in like most movies where like the guys like, doing his thing and like the, the girlfriend's just like what's up i'm here i'm like not doing anything at all i feel like he kind of tapped into that with aaron eckhart's character where like he wasn't really doing anything but he still was like one of the best parts of the movie like whenever he showed up you were like all right like what's this guy gonna do 
Yeah, you can't like take your eyes off of him. He's he's amazing in the movie. He's having so much fun. Like I think that's that translates so much is like everybody is just having a great time in this movie. There was this was just like an epic like Julia Roberts performance. And I, I think what really made it so good is like A, like she was tremendous in it. Like she was like I don't know how good it would have been if it was like some other woman. But I feel like did Soderbergh write this movie or did someone else write this movie? Whoever wrote the movie, I feel like just like created like maybe one of the best like 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 female characters to ever like grace the screen. Yeah, and I, I guess we should should mention that she is based on a on a real life character or, or a real life person, not a character, sorry. But um yeah, like uh it was not written by by Soderbergh, but I think Julia Roberts uh, brings so much to the role. And I think that this is, um, a lot of people talk about how Soderbergh is so smart at like knowing a movie star's persona and using that in his own films to make them better. I feel like this is like example, you know, a one prime example of that because like this, this role just feels like tailored to Julia Roberts where she's like the, this kind of like gritty, like no nonsense woman, uh, she's smart, even if other people like don't believe in her, um, and she's like going to get to the bottom of things, and you're going to enjoy watching her do that. Yeah, I think it's great because like you just kind of you meet her character, and you're kind of like meant to to like doubt her. I feel like right away, because like I, I think for me, what what made me doubt her right away is like she got like she gets hit by that car really early on, and like it was very clearly not her fault, and she like lost the case, and I was like, okay, like. I think we're meant to like kind of like believe that she can't like do it. And then you get to know the character and you're like, wow, she's like raising like three kids by herself. Like she has like all the, like the most giraffe I've ever seen from like anybody to like solve this case and like help all these people. And I just don't, I just don't think anyone else could have done this role um, at the time. Um, I think her height also gives her like a lot of uh, credibility in the movie. Yeah. She's, she seems like, uh, She's very like dominant over over the other people in the movie, yeah. Uh, and that that really like I think helps her performance. And like, yeah, I, I like what you say there. Of like, you initially see her in in the in the film, and you're like, who is this person? Like, is she just trying to like get a quick buck, right, or something like that? And then I I think that that's like a good way to enter the movie because you see how everybody else looks at her, especially like at that law firm. Um, especially because she just kind of walked in and, like, talked her way into a job. But then, like, you also, throughout the movie, see that, know that she actually does just have that type of, like, drive within her. And that's, like, how she ends up succeeding is she wins people over by just, like, being the most hardworking person in the room, which is just so fun to watch. I agree. And to answer your question you have here, I do think this is the best pairing of Soderbergh and Julia Roberts. Uh... I can only think of her in Ocean's 11 and 12 and I don't think she gets enough screen time besides in 12 when she plays a doppelganger of herself. And that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's two different modes of Julia Roberts for sure. Like that's sort of like the cool Julia Roberts. I I like this like version of her better. Yeah. I, I would agree that this is like the best pairing of them. Can I ask you one more question real quick about this movie that we can keep going? 
Do you Absolutely. think Soderbergh won Best Director for the right movie? Well, first off, do you think he deserved Best Director? Second off, was it for the right movie? So I am going to very quickly um, uh, look at the nominees for Best Director. Um, but I, so I'm a big Steven Soderbergh fan. So it's, you know, hard for me to be like, oh, I, I, I don't think he should win Best Director because, um, frankly, I just think that he's a great director and, um, you know, he deserves to win it. And if it has to be for one of these two movies, I think he does a great job with both of them. I will say, though, so, so the options here were, were Soderbergh for either Aaron Brockovich or Traffic, um, the director of Billy Elliot, who I'm not familiar with, Stephen Daldry. Um, Ang Lee for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then Ridley Scott for Gladiator. So I think, I don't think I would give it to Ridley because even though it looks great, um, that movie, I think some of Ridley's stuff actually gets in the way of that movie being better. Um, and then I'm, I'm not familiar with Billy Elliot, so I can't speak to that. Um, but then uh, Ang Lee, he does a great job. Uh, he ends up winning for Life of Pi, um, which I think is probably a more impressive directing feat. Um, even though Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I think is the it, it, the better movie by far. So I think I would give it to Steven Soderbergh here, but I would give it to him for Aaron Brockovich. Um, like we said, Traffic is just like not aged well. And I think it just like the fact that that was the one that won more awards at the Oscars, like, really speaks to... The Oscars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, here's a movie about something. Like, it's, like, about something, like, a big world issue. Like, we need to, like, really pound this movie and show that, like, movies mean something. It's like, yeah, they do mean something. They mean that, like, this woman with, like, no education can, like, bring down a giant corporation. They don't necessarily have to be about the nuances of the drug trade. Yeah, exactly. Like the the great thing about like movies is that like they can be they can have small stories but be about big things. And I feel like Aaron Brockovich is like a great example of that. And um Traffic I think is like the opposite of that where you don't feel connected to most of the characters <laughs> in that movie. Um and and it's taking very like broad strokes uh, with what it's trying to talk about and not all of it lands and most of it doesn't age great. So then, you know, you're sitting there kind of in, in 2020 left wanting more. Yeah. So I, I think I would have flipped it and I think I would have given a lot more love to Aaron Brockovich. I agree. And Julia Roberts did win best actress, uh, this for, uh, for Aaron Brockovich, of course, and her nom, her, uh, opponents, I guess you can call them were uh, Joan Allen for the contender Juliette Binoche for Chocolat. Ah, it's back. Great. Ellen Burstein for Requiem for a Dream. And Laura Linney. Wow. For You Can Count on Me. Um, I mean, this isn't really even fair. Like, Ellen Burstein's, like, incredible in Requiem for a Dream. And if she was nominated in Supporting Actress, I think there's a lot of momentum for her to win it. Similar to Viola Davis for Fences, where, like, she's in a lot of the movie, but, like, you could argue she's not the main character. Mm. Uh, is, was Joan Allen in Face Off? Is that the same? Yes. Oh my yes. god. 
and, and the born movie oh uh, I, I should i should highlight her better work which is in the born movies yeah i think, I think this i don't know i mean i love laura linney i think laura linney is like a really like you see her and you're like all right we're in decent hands that's kind of how i think of laura linney but uh i think it is definitely julia roberts's oscar yeah um i i agree definitely give give julia roberts the oscar um, here I love I love Laura Linney, um, but as as you know, my my one of my probably my all time favorite movie is is the Squid and the Whale. Mm. So you know if I had to make a choice, I would rather see her win for that movie than for this movie I've never heard of that she's in. <laughs> what about her role in the 2016 summer classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I mean, you know what? Give it. I think that should have been sight unseen <laughs> she should have got that <laughs> well there we go we have uh we got our new oscars we did like our it? list i do i do i think we i a i'm glad we both came to the same decision um i think that there's i think three of these movies are i'm pretty pretty okay with um being nominated uh traffic well, and we'll we'll get into this later. I think that there is one specific movie that we could probably swap this out for, um, and then chuck a lot like just strike this from the record. There's a billion better ways we could go. So, should I just dive into this list you made of what else came out this year? Are you ready for this? Yeah. So I'll, I'll guess I'll make a uh, a statement real quick, which is uh, I just com- I just went to. Um, I just went to IMDb yep. or not IMDb to, to um, I went to Wikipedia and just grabbed some movies that they had up there from 2000. So um, go ahead, go through some of them. So arguably the most important movie to come out this year because of, it's one of my favorite is final destination. Um, I just bought the box set of all five for 10 bucks. Uh, amazing purchase, but final destination came out. Uh, that's not a very good movie, by the way, the first one sucks, but the other ones actually aren't, Aren't awful. Uh, and then Castaway, and then Requiem for a Dream, and then Almost Famous, High Fidelity, Best in Show, The Little Mermaid 2, <laughs> Rugrats in Paris. We'll come back to this one. Snatch, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I tried watching that one time. I, I got to try it again. American Psycho, <laughs> X-Men, Remember the Titans, Scream 3, terrible movie. Wow. Battlefield Earth, Big Mama's House, The Perfect Storm, The Replacements, Bring It On, Bamboozled, Dancer in the Dark, Blair Witch 2. So the movie I skipped over was Memento because it, it technically did come out in 2000, but I guess it didn't get a U.S. release until 2001 because it ultimately does get two Oscar nominations in 2002 for, I think, screenplay, probably like editing or something. I don't know what else it would have gotten nomination for, honestly. I'm, I'm glad it gets some love here, though, because, yeah, you could use uh, some love the next year because... Yeah, you could easily sub that in for probably traffic and chuck a lot, and I don't think anybody will blink an eye. I love Memento. I, I just recently watched it. I, I gave it like I gave it four stars. I thought it was. If I give a movie four stars, I'm definitely like okay with it getting the Oscar nomination. Anything under four, I'm like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, like so. So I guess we've we've assembled this list here of a lot of a lot of movies that came out this year. Um. And I guess the biggest thing that I would ask you is what do you think could get like subbed in here? Um, 
And I, I, I'll say just the first thing, uh, if the Oscars wanted to nominate a movie about drugs and like go in that issues oriented direction, I think we could easily swap in Requiem for a Dream over Traffic. Yeah. Traffic, I think maybe is like a little easier for me to sit with. Um, but like, I think Requiem for a Dream is like just held up way better. I think Requiem for a Dream, even though it's a little like extreme with how it goes, I think it is ultimately like a better portrait of how drugs like affect your life. And and like while we both agree that it does take it maybe maybe a step too far to like keep realism intact, uh, I I just think like you get a you get to connect with those characters more, and like you really feel. I personally really felt for each of the four of them because I was just like, man, like they're really like drugs have really taken over their lives. They all seemed like, you know, they had a shot at least. Um, that's a really, like, it's a good movie. The score of that movie is unbelievable. I've been listening to like the opening, like credit song, like on repeat um, recently. Yeah. It does just like such a better job of like, like we were saying with Aaron Brockovich, like putting like, personal faces Mm -hmm. to these like big themes and yeah the score is really great and it's just really like pounding it it, you know like you just feel really like beaten by the end of that movie which i think traffic is also kind of trying to do and that just does it in a way more like effective way i agree um yeah it's just it just holds up better i think so the other movie that i would consider nominating and to preface this i have not seen like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which I know people, like, I, which I know is, like, a very well-received movie, and, like, I know Snatch is, like, a well-liked movie, but the other movie I probably would have nominated possibly is, like, American Psycho. I think that movie is really cool, and it it would never get nominated because it's a ridiculous movie, but I think Christian Bale gives, like, maybe one of his better performances, if not his best performance, because he gets to actually, like, be Christian Bale rather than, like, Batman or, like, He's like being a character in the big short, and he's like being Dick Cheney and Vice. Like I think this was his most like actually getting to act performance, and that's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Jared Leto's in that one too. Jared Leto had a good year. Yeah, yeah. I think, and and you know what? I think. So I think American Psycho being like satirical is probably what ended up having it be so divisive now, and like probably hurts it as far as like a best picture nominee, but yeah, I think I would, I would be much happier to have that nominated than, than traffic or chocolate. And um, yeah, the direction I, I was thinking the, Os- the Oscars love the Coen brothers mm-hmm. um, and Oh Brother Where Art Thou is a really good movie of theirs. Uh, I think it won like best. I, they, I know that they already nominated the movie in other categories. So um I'm a little bit shocked to see that it didn't, um, you know, that it didn't get more love there. Maybe, um, maybe Wikipedia is just fucking with me or something. I don't know. And uh, maybe I'll sound like an idiot later on. But <laughs> I'm a little surprised that they couldn't find a Best Actor nomination for Keanu Reeves in The Replacements. I know, right? He really, that? he was really good. <laughs> I, I. That's like a peak Keanu movie where like he's not very good, but like the movie itself is like actually kind of good. <laughs> and it's like you know what? It's that what a great year for sports movies this year, by the way, because the replacements and then you have Remember the Titans <laughs> oh. in the same year. 
That's a good movie too. Scream three, <laughs> terrible movie. That's a. We've got two terrible ones just grouped right together, yeah, because we've got Battlefield Earth right ne- there next to it too, which is like John Travolta's Scientology movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, oh my, those God. two maybe we those two. <laughs> They're worth mentioning. Um, do you think we can put a bow on it? You think we've done it? Yeah, and I, I think it's time to announce that in two weeks we will be coming back with the 2002 Oscars, where the nominees, where the winner was uh, A Beautiful Mind, and the nominees were, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head, Beautiful Mind, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Moulin Rouge, uh, Gosford Park, and In the Bedroom, which... Honestly, I've seen like part of Gosford Park and I, I was like enjoying where it was going, which is kind of boring, but I was enjoying where it was going. And uh, I've seen Lord of the Rings and that's my experience with these movies. In the Bedroom sounds, uh, sounds like my kind of movie though. So I'm kind of, kind of excited. <laughs> it just I've, uh, sounds uh, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It just sounds like, uh, I can't think of the word, but it sounds, it's like an, an enticing movie. It sounds it's like a good story, maybe. I'm I'm excited to see these two because I've I'm only familiar with Lord of the Rings, so this will be another like good year to kind of get familiar with and just um, watch more movies I I probably wouldn't have watched. Damn, this has some good reviews on on Letterbox too. In the bedroom, okay. I'm I'm interested. Like, it sounds like the first season of Riverdale, which uh, which I liked. So sign me <laughs> up. And it has it, I think it has Sissy Spacek. Yeah, who I like a lot. Seems like it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, two thousand two doesn't give us uh, its own version of Chocolat. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it will. Please, God, no. What are we doing next week? Next week. We are coming back with our first movie club in a long while, and we will be discussing another another sports movie. Um, he got game, starring uh, Ray Allen from the NBA and Denzel Washington, uh, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, I've only seen the final basketball sequence of this movie, so I think we're in for a treat. <laughs> we also might watch. I just thought of this now. I'm pretty sure Woody Allen's movie that he got Me Too'd out of releasing in the United States is also releasing this week. Maybe we watch it. Maybe we won't. A reason to come back next week. Yeah. yeah. A rainy day end, in New York. End it on a cliffhanger, right? Keep them guessing. I, <laughs> I, uh, it's one of those movies where if it costs six ninety nine, I might watch it. But if it's any more than that, I'll be like, you know, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you know what? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't give him too much of my money here. It's got a lot of people I like. It's got Timothee Chalamet and Elle Fanning and uh, Selena Gomez. So like, I'm definitely interested, but like, none of the reviews are very shining, and I don't necessarily need to give Woody any of my money. Yeah, like it's it's a weird, it's a weird one to like think about because it's like an interesting movie that you want to watch but it's just like morally conflicting i guess yeah. you know so we'll see if not uh if not we will definitely come back with 
a couple new movies to talk about in two weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll be talking about He Got Game um, in between. So, yes. you know what? It'll, it's going to be a fun next two weeks, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So, I think we can uh, call it quits there. Strength and honor to you. Strength uh, and honor. We'll, unleash hell on them. Unleash hell. <laughs> Whatever comes over that ridge, stay together. 